What is up? What is up, Beer and Bullshit fans? Thank you for tuning back in to the show. If you are a new listener and you're just checking us out, uh, be sure to go to beer, the letter N, bullshit.com. You can find out everything you need to know, contact information, uh, social media handles, episodes, galleries. Uh, eventually, we'll have merch. Uh, anything you'd like to know about us, uh, even the, about me, a bio, uh, you can go to beerinbullshit.com. You can find all that information there. On today's episode, I had uh, the pleasure of sitting down and linking up with Justin and Gabby. They're the owners of Buxton Brewery in Nederland, Texas. They actually invited me to the brewery to sit down and we, we talked and just sort of linked up that way. It was more of an organic feeling. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love the studio, but just being able to go to the brewery, sit down, have a few beers with them, uh, and just shoot the shit was a lot of fun. You could hear the uh, the machinery in the background. At one point, the, the telephone rings and we laugh it off. You know, it's just more of an organic feeling. Uh, these guys are definitely some cool cats and they definitely have a story to tell. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Cheers. What's up, Gabby, Justin? What's going on? Not too much. How are you, man? I'm okay, man. Just uh, trying to survive 2020. <laughs> That's the theme of this year, surviving yeah. it. <laughs> That's what we were just talking about. So how are you guys doing? You guys survived through the hurricane? Yeah. We, yeah. we did good here. Lucky at the house and at businesses. Yeah, I'd say we all got pretty lucky in Southeast Texas. We thought it was going to be pretty bad, but minimum damage. We lost a little, but uh, definitely nothing we can complain about. Yeah, yeah. Like we were just talking about, we dodged a bullet for sure. You know, it sucks because, um, uh, again, like we were just talking about Louisiana, you know, they just keep getting hit. I think they have another one coming like tomorrow. It's either tomorrow Sally? or... Yeah. I just saw that. Yeah, it's like I did making too. a full hook. It looks like it's coming for us, but then it just hooks up and slaps them. So I, so I literally even, I just saw it like an hour that. ago. Yeah, there was like two, like two systems uh, like approaching the Gulf, you know? Yeah. And then one is it's going like you said straight up to uh, New Orleans, so it's kind of hit New Orleans and sort of curved to uh, like Mississippi. Oh God, we have a uh, we have tanks coming from New Orleans literally next week. Really? Some, yeah. I know we're we're pretty new, but we are expanding already. We're getting we're basically going to double our fermentation size, so we're yeah. going to sell most of our small tanks and uh, expanding to double batch sizes, and they're actually being manufactured. Yeah, we have well, a, we uh, might get them next week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, hurricane it's, coming. It's going to be like fourth, <laughs> and then you know, then Laura happens. So then it got delayed with that. Well, first yeah. COVID happened because the stainless steel comes from China, so that yeah. was delayed, and then just delay after delay, and then we have to get them special manufactured because our ceilings are literally like four inches too low to just fit like oh, the wow. standard tank size. So we have to get everything like custom made for the same stuff that. Anyone else can get or, you know, getting it the first time, it was 18 weeks to get it manufactured and then even longer yeah. than that. So Damn. it's in New Orleans. We know it's there. It made it through Laura. We <laughs> yeah. just got to get it here. Yeah. So we might have a, you guys might have a slight delay with Sally. Yeah. Sally. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're already down to S's in the alphabet. They'll have to start looping this year. Or what do they go to? Like, they, you know, after they go through the alphabet one time, they do something so like else. numbers or something? No, is, it, is it numbers? I, 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 that'd that. be my guess. I, I just made that like, up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like season one. I don't know. I'm curious now. Yeah. Damn, I need my, well, I have my laptop right yeah, now. Yeah, I can, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, for I need sure. your Jamie. 
Yeah. <laughs> so funny story, dude. I I brought on a Jamie, but uh, he couldn't make it. He's oh, like, really? He works for Valero, so he's working nights. Okay. Yeah. It's like, so he does some of them with you, like yeah, to, yeah, especially cool. at the studio. You yeah. know, like we'll have him. Uh, he'll meet me at the studio. I told him before bringing him on. I was like, look, dude, I need a Jamie. Basically, he knew exactly what <laughs> I meant. Perfect. You know, yeah. you know, just somebody's just like, oh yeah, just Google Master. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, though, how you guys feel about this year? I'm sure it's shitty for everyone, but as business owners, like, how do you feel we, about it? We opened on December 14th, so we got two weeks of normal business. Of course, it's not normal. It's Christmas, and we're brand new. So yeah. it was great. It was super busy. And then, you know, the new year brings its new challenges with the new business. But pretty soon into February, seeing what was happening in the rest of the world, we knew it was eventually going to get here. Yeah. Uh, we started taking our own precautions. Uh, before the Heritage Festival came, mm, which okay. I know the city wasn't like really wanting to acknowledge what was about to happen yeah. at that point, the um, Houston Rodeo had already been canceled. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. Like the writings on the walls, so we kind of took our own precautions at that point. And I said Texas is going to let it get to St. Patrick's Day to get all the excise tax on liquor and that extra fifteen percent. <laughs> And then the day after St. Patrick's Day. it was day. the last day, wasn't it? Yep, that was the last St. day. St. Patty's Day. And St. Patrick's Day. And then Damn, by the it. 18th was our shutdown. And then I also own a salon uh, and boutique with my mom and my sister. So my other industry was shut down the week after that. Uh. Salons followed. But since then, it's just been like our, you know, our whole motto. And we, we've said it a thousand times, just adjust and overcome. What can yeah. we do? Can't fight a disease. You know, can't take a stance against a disease. Or, or a virus, you know, we're going to do what we need to do to keep my people working, to keep our doors open, to, to go for, I mean, it was, it was every day. It was just a joke. Like, well, what's new? Everything's new. Yeah, Everything's sure. new every day. We served just from the window for a while. There's a roll up door. So we served right there. Okay. We've gotten real creative. We did pizza kits. We started canning the day that we got shut down with just a canning machine that we had gotten him for Christmas two years ago. Mm. Taught everyone how to use that and just have gotten creative with special releases and just have not slept since. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, it's it's crazy because it's like initially um, I knew it was real. Like, you know, I knew it was a real thing, virus, disease, but I didn't think we would get like shut down as a country. You know, you see states starting to like shut down. You know, and then Texas, uh, the rodeo cancels, and then everything else starts yeah. to shut down. I'm like, holy shit, this is real. You know, and then you yeah. go like one month in, two months in, two months in, three months in, you know, and then now we're here. It's like, holy shit, I didn't think it'd last this yeah. long. You yeah. know, or like, there's no way this is going to last to 2021. Exactly. Now, now I'm like, I don't think there's any way that everything's going to be normal. Exactly. Anytime yeah. close to 2021. Yeah, I would yeah. hear that. <laughs> I would <laughs> hear that, bro, and I'd be like, no, no way. There's there's no way. Yeah, no, it's, it's gonna last gonna, three months. Yeah, you know, maybe until like football season. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like fuck. Now we're at football season, basketball, uh, fi- you know, NBA finals, or you know, that was, that was the, one of the big ones for me is when basketball canceled oh, so yeah. quick. Is when yeah. I was like, oh fuck, this is this is serious. And people think if yeah. they're canceling the whole NBA season, yeah. which it looks like they've done it the right way, though, with the you know the bubble and everything, oh, yeah. it's worked. I mean, it's been awesome, but. Once, I'll be honest, when we got shut down, I didn't know when we were going to open, but when we got reopened, I honestly didn't think that we were going to get shut down a second time. I thought that once they had established, okay, we can somewhat manage this, like I was telling people, there's no way they're going to allow all these small businesses to open 
and then completely just pull it out of him. Yeah, and then shut him down again. Like, I mean, how much longer? How, how long do we get to stay open the first We're time? We're open from May 21st to June, like, 26th. So it's just over four weeks. About, yeah, about a month. Mm-hmm. And been shut, well, then we shut, shut down, down slash limited we our licensing yeah. August 5th was when we got our approval and we reopened August 6th. We got to stay open for about a week and a half, and then the hurricane came. So, what were you guys? <laughs> is like your thoughts? Like, uh, okay, you get shut down, right? Uh, what were you like your thoughts then? Like, where were you at, like mentally? Like, were you guys like, okay, holy fuck, what are we gonna do? Did you panic? No, we or? never panic. We're always we're goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, we never complain. Like, you'll you'll very rarely hear us complain. Normally, during the shutdown, I feel like everyone has kind of had one day where we just, like, want to wallow and, like, lick our wounds for a day. But we always say, like, okay, you get 24 hours if it's me that day, if it's Colin that day. Because, I mean, it's normal to get to that point of frustration. Mm -hmm. It's always kind of centered around seeing people that are in your same situation that are outright not respecting the law and not following the rules. And they're getting to benefit, like, directly benefit where we're getting to hurt because we're choosing to follow the law and to keep people safe, like our workers safe. For having a staff of 14, and we have never had anyone during this time test positive, mm. like our people, and they're young people, you know, they're 21, 22 year olds. Of yeah, course so they want to go out and right, be, you know, things. at the bars and everything like everyone else. But I told them, like, I catch you there yeah. when they are breaking the law in your industry. Yeah. Then, like, how, also, how can a place that's closed compete yeah. with a place where you can go sit down and drink a beer and yeah. eat and everything? When in we're this short amount of time, go. we've all became a family where they... Yeah. I mean, I consider our workers my friends where they know they don't want to take the chance to go to be not only risk our workers and our customers getting sick, but like them shutting our business down. I mean, for this sure, is for sure. not only their paycheck, but yeah. their family. So it got, yeah, livelihood. Yeah, yeah pay, it got really, really hard because, you know, you're not going to consistently get the tips on to go orders as you do regular yeah. orders. So I would work nights to supplement their tips because obviously I don't take tips so I'm you know working my business all day to support me and Justin like doing hair and then at nighttime I come and bartend with them this is when I got real bad so that they could make 100% of the tips and barely even them making 100% of what they were meant to make wasn't really touching what they made before and then our barbacks we switched them to a good hourly pay so that they could pay their bills and that the bartenders wouldn't have to tip out so there's no pressure for that and then, you know, we had to get more kitchen workers because we're doing predominantly food. We're doing so much right. food to go. So it was just, I mean, yeah, there was definitely hard times, but isn't that expected of you as a business owner? Oh, you know, sure. if your business is yeah. struggling, especially in the first year, we have seen amazing success, but also people don't see what happens behind the scenes. Like they don't see what yeah. everyone has to do, including our workers. So they're sticking around here. Not a single one wanted to file for unemployment. Mm. Like, and I gave them all the option. I said, I can give everyone a layoff. If that's the route that we need to go so y'all can pay your bills and all of them are like, no, we're going to work, we're going to work and knew that at the end of this, there's going to be a payday for them. You know, there's going to be, when we reopen, they're going to make so much money or they're going to make that money that they're used to and we haven't had any turnover. Yeah, and it just seems like uh, that that shows a lot about you guys' character. You know what I'm saying? No one wanted to pop uh, unemployment. Everyone stayed close. No one's risking the company. You know, that, that says a lot about who you guys are as people. Thank you. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, small business, but a corporate mindset, you know? Because you hear about a lot of these uh, mom and pops or, like, smaller businesses just, like, just going under. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as soon as this thing hit, everybody went to shit. You yeah. know, if you had a small business. Oh, it's it, sad. I mean, we, 
We're a member of the Brewers Association, which is a national company. We're a member of the Texas Brewers Guild. So we see all the news of all the breweries, and there's a lot of Texas breweries that have shut down because of this. Yeah. And, I mean, that could be someone that was already in a little bit of trouble before, and this is just, you know, the last straw that that took them down. But it's sad that something out of their control has ended. Because yeah. I'll be real, we've met, like, a most... I mean, not most, but a lot of brewery owners in Texas, and most of them is like us. It's a dream. It's a yeah. They were a home brewer that started a random dream, and to see that become ended because of something out of your control, oh, it's, it's sad. That's the worst. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't. I think that a lot of our success during this time is because like we we're not afraid to take big gambles because yeah. we haven't seen you know we didn't see a lot of success before we shut down. We were open for three months and a few days. So we were oh, used to wow. taking so the biggest risks. Like oh, we've been you. closed for we know more, way longer. We know more about this than we do being normal open. This oh, is okay. more of our regular, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Well, we've been, it's uh, we we've been closed longer than we've been open since yeah. our grand opening. We were closed oh, wow. for five months total. Wow. So we haven't <laughs> even been reopened a month now. Yeah. So I, what was the uh, like the date for the grand opening and everything? December fourteenth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we're wow. coming up on a year this December. Yeah, but you but guys it's are like still spanking new. So new. Yeah. And, you know, we have these, like, mug club memberships and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, five months I didn't get to drink it. So, yeah. like, what do I do for them? You know, like, try to always find special stuff to do for them now to, yeah. like, show that thanks. Because these are the people that invested sight unseen. They didn't know if we were going to be a success or not. Yeah. Of course, now that we're successful, everyone's like, I want to drink the mug club. I'm like, uh-uh. No. Can't <laughs> no. do that. It's limited. It's limited to the people that did this on the Indiegogo campaign. But... I mean, we're, we're super thankful for everything, but yeah. like I was saying, we are not afraid to take huge gambles. We've already risked everything that we've ever worked for. Everything is right here. This yeah. is our whole life savings. We used to flip houses while we lived in them in the construction to flip it, to get down payments, to get the loan for this, work with SBA, to, to go to the EDC, to just like get everything that we can. And this was a three-year process to wow. get to do that. So during this time when we're like, all right, let's take a wild gamble and do this. Worst case, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, different ideas that we had and some took off and some didn't. But I think that that's where Buxton is different in the entire mentality, not just us and our staff. Like we have a huge group text and they're constantly sending ideas. And like, <laughs> I mean, any idea is a good idea. Morgan texted me this morning, one of our bartenders. Oh, this is an idea that I have if we can get it done before October for pink out shirts because this, this and this. And, you know, a lot of schools have like pink out days and we could get our same screen and put it on here. I was like, love it. Perfect. Easy. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's no bad ideas with any of our people, but we have taken a lot of risks during this time just to kind of like see what paid off or not and still moving forward with our, our tank expansion and everything and putting our feelers out and making those relationships for our keg distribution once we are ready to uh, carry in restaurants and other bars. We have for all sure. that set up and, I mean, it's approved by the state, legal with... TABC and TTV, and we can uh, get going. We huh? have we have things in the in, in a, on the back burner that we can. So you guys are not only time. just like the owners of Buxton, we other like entrepreneurs <laughs> flipping houses to <laughs> not guys, anymore. Guys a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> she. Uh, I mean, her salon is literally next door. Like this. Oh wall, wow! Really? This right we here? share a wall right here. Oh yeah. wow! So her her mom and sister do the boutique, and she does the salon in the back. So, oh, that's badass. Yeah, so we're right next to each other, and I mean, yeah, I guess people say the term entrepreneur. I don't know. I've never really. We went for, <laughs> I like to say we went for the dream, which I guess right. is the same thing. We yeah. both 
We both worked, uh, I worked in the oil industry for like 10 years. Oh, wow. I absolutely hated my job. And uh, I'm sure someone I work with will hear this and they know that I hated it. But I think that just goes back. <laughs> you probably hated it because, I mean, one, you're an entrepreneur and that's just falling into the norm exactly. for this area. You know uh, what I'm saying? So we've talked about yeah. that. Some, that's a perfect a way to put job it. That's too. A, like the, just the physicality of sitting in a chair all day yeah. is like... It's painful. Like I, it, don't, it's, don't, it's don't mentally get, exhausting. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That job is, along with our other stuff we've done, is one of the reasons the we reason can we do this it. place. Is because yeah. I was lucky enough to get a good job, yeah, right out of college and work it for ten years. And mm-hmm. I will, a hundred percent, recommend anyone that if you can, if you have a dream and like if you can work something that's not ideal for 10 years and then you can go for your dream yeah it's really not that long in the uh in the grand scheme of things yeah and that's what a lot of people need to realize like they get into jobs like that they don't think they can do anything else like aside of that job or you know next to that i can get off and maybe start uh building the blueprint or drawing up a blueprint for something i really want to do right 100 all they're thinking about is this you know that yeah Yeah. moving up and like that's people thought i was crazy for leaving that job and because I'd already moved up and I had the ability to move up even farther at the young age that I got in and I was just like that was not even an option for me I was like I knew I was going to do this for a while but do it for the rest of my life uh fuck no no how do you sit somewhere that you just hate every day and you hate waking up to it and stuff with no end game Right. You know, even if it's just a no. pipe dream, like something crazy, yeah. you got to have one. You got to have some sort of dream for sure. But that's the problem that uh, hundreds of millions of Americans have. You know what I'm saying? Like we all fucking, sure. we wake up, you know, you go to this nine to five or whatever it is. You hate your fucking job. Mm-hmm. You go home and you do it all over again. You know, yeah. it's like rinse and repeat. It yeah. sucks. And this is a conversation that we have with a lot of like even couples that we meet here and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, what's your dream? They're like, well, I have no idea. A lot of people don't know their dream, which yeah. is also another challenge i know what my dream was i always wanted to go do hair and makeup but i went to college at a young age i had scholarships i just didn't want to waste being able to get like these degrees so i did that and i i dealt with so much guilt in you know not using them not applying them directly to a job but every job that i did that used them like i was miserable i was not able to create and realizing that I didn't have hobbies or like any kind of creative outlet was really detrimental so once we kind of recognized that We took a step back right after we got married because we were like, okay, what do we do now? Do we work towards something where we could both be really happy in the long run? Or do we just accept these jobs, our fate, and have a family? Yeah. So we went with the other route. We went with the route of The route that makes you happy. Yeah. Let's let's really seriously think about it. He had been a home brewer since he was younger, but with the first house that we flipped, like, he kind of, you know, we got married and we moved houses and stuff. And... During that move, I remember he threw away a lot of his homebrew equipment that was just kind of older. And, you know, maybe we'll get some new ones. But it kind of just, like, got put on the back burner because that first, like, semester, I was a teacher at the time. It was really busy. We got married. I had a big surgery. Like, we were moving into another house that we were going to flip with kind of, like, no end game to it. Mm -hmm. And just kind of really weren't sure. We weren't going to take a honeymoon right away. We moved in that house in September. We got married in December, like, right through the middle of that year. And then... At the end of the year, June, we were going to go backpacking through Europe. Mm. So that was kind of what we were planning for, saving for. And at that point, right before that trip, that was when we really took the steps. We started taking the steps then. That was 2016 of what is going to make us happy. 
I knew for sure that like teaching made me absolutely miserable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mean like to get into it. Like, no, like, I, I was a uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade Spanish teacher oh. in Beaumont. I just didn't mean to be one. They just really needed Spanish teachers, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll try anything. Oh. Yeah, I bet that was fun. I liked the age; like the kids were hilarious. I really enjoyed it, but teaching was not for me. And all the extra stuff and like the parents and everything yeah. was like definitely not my personality. So that just, and I always knew I wanted to do hair and makeup. So I really picked up doing that on the yeah. side for weddings and special events and recitals and everything. And, you know, showing him that this is a really viable career option if I really stick with it. Yeah. And him really taking the steps to put it on paper and see what it would take to brew professionally. So I got back into like making wine. So he got back into brewing beer. And that was a hard decision at that point. This is like kind of where I'm coming full circle with like talking to couples here. You have to invest in your hobbies to see For if sure. you're really going to like them. I had to reinvest in my in my makeup kit, and my hair kit. He had to reinvest in that brewing equipment. Yeah. To one, it's going to make you happy. Is not cheap. Not <laughs> cheap. Know. Yeah, because it was yeah. it was right after Christmas. We're newly married. We have a new car note, a new house note, like all this stuff. And I'm talking about quitting my job and going to hair school. And he was about to buy a new like brewing thing it was going to cost a thousand dollars but it was all he would need in one and he really struggled with it and i'm like if this is what could potentially lead to a career this? which like <laughs> this right now you know looking, looking back on it of course looking back a thousand dollars is you know i mean right? you, in the when bucket, you spend like, something like remodeling this place but yeah but i mean i'm so glad that we did that so when i tell people i'm like You'll never know what you want to do unless you try it. So find so something really that you're... Did. A lot of people say, like, architecture, design and stuff. I'm like, there's so many, like, free things that you can mess around with. Yeah. Like, just get out some design software and see if it really speaks to you. Just playing around with yeah, things. Sure. Like, I find mean, Facebook groups. Find forums. Get on Reddit. You know like, right away if it's really what you're... I mean, like, Gabby, the hair school she went to, I love saying this because <laughs> I think it's not only funny, but, like, shows commitment. Like, she was the only person in the history of the school that showed up and had a four-year degree. Oh, wow. No one has ever <laughs> signed up for hair school and already had a bachelor's degree. Yeah. So it shows so you that's what you want. It shows what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she said three years ago we started the brewing dream. <clears throat> and, like, I started writing the business plan. Yeah. And that right there, that will decide whether you're serious about it. Or not. Oh, for sure. 100%. Because, yeah. like, once I started doing like this, I knew that this years. was going to take. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I had like a 68-page business plan. That, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, and I can't tell you how many hours I spent on that thing. I really have no idea. But, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even thought about spending the time, the effort, the research if I knew that's not what you want to do. Yeah. That will let you know right now whether it's you kind of want to do it or you want to commit your life to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to do something that much. Yeah. Then it's, I mean, a lot of people write a business plan because I'm looking to get funding. We were looking to get funding, but we're putting our lives on the line for this. So I wanted to know, I don't care what the bank, if the bank could be impressed, I want to know, is this going to work? Right. Is this going to allow our family to live? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we went so deep into it. And I think I don't have to be hair, I don't have to be beer, it can be anything that you're yeah. interested in. If you're that committed to it, I honestly think that, you know, you can do that. Yeah. People just, I guess getting started is the hard part, it really is. Yeah, it's the fear of the unknown, which I know that if you have, like, children and everything, you have to consider them. You yeah, have to consider sure. being able to provide for them. 
we knew that we can live on pretty much nothing. Like, I could go back to waiting tables or something if I have to. I'm sure I could go back to teaching or he could go back to the plant if we had to, if we failed. Yeah. But we always said, like, I would rather fail now in his early 30s and my late 20s and restart than never take a chance at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because if you don't take a chance, it's like, you know, you'll never know, you know, what you could have accomplished yeah. or could have, you know, uh, some people fail that, you know, like you, you don't know. You, you have to you have to give it a, a shot at oh, least, you know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you have to uh, try. I always say, like, um, if you think about it all day, uh, it's something that you prop, you'll, you want to do for the rest of your life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's a dream, you know, like uh, with podcasting, it's something I think about all day before yeah. I started it. It, the startup cost is like literally zero dollars <laughs> you know no but, overhead <laughs> no you know whatsoever but it's it's something that i thought about all day it's like how will i know if i'll ever be good at it if i don't try exactly you know? yeah. so one day like i bought this off like off road or something for super cheap and i try you know i called a buddy it was like look dude um i want to start a podcast uh i want you on the first episode let's do it he got on the phone call it did you know a few numbers it didn't do the best but you know i did okay um, but just kept on with it. So That's awesome. definitely understand, you know, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think one thing that COVID has really proved too, is that all these, all these things that you didn't really think were jobs can be jobs now for sure. because of the internet. Yeah. Like, like, yes, there are a lot of things that we could do remotely, but now pretty much everything you can do remotely, oh, absolutely. like yeah. online trainings or I mean, design work, anything like that. If people had any kind of interest in that whatsoever, you not only had time to kind of develop those talents during this now, but there's also like a lot of holes in industries now that can't be fulfilled in person so that we can do online. Like how many different, and people are kind of itching right now for different social media platforms that aren't Facebook Yeah. and untapped, you know, everyone has untapped. But people really, really socialize on Untapped now yeah. because they just kind of want to be around people that have their same similar interests, and they go back and forth in the comments now, and like we get all that good feedback too, and you know, there's different plugins kind of that you see with Untapped, and I mean that right there, that platform can go huge. Like there's yeah. so many little oh, yeah. things that I think that the industry, especially art industry, is just itching for. Yeah, I think uh, another platform that like sort of blew up, like uh, you know, I missed. Uh, COVID and quarantine and everything, it's Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another yeah. one. Everyone uses that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what the hell it was before. Yeah. You know, before this year. Yeah. I don't know what the hell a Zoom call I don't call care was. what kind of data mining they're uh, doing. Like, just... it is necessary. <laughs> like, like, Zoom yeah. like, is necessary awesome. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our accountants and consultants, like, they're in Florida. I've never met them in person. Yeah. What would we do without Zoom? Like, we have any little question. He's like, can you hop on Zoom right now? I'm like, sure. Like, you know, it's so easy. I feel like they're right there. I've never met them in yeah, person. Yeah, it's so but... convenient, you know. And, and that's another great thing about, like, Southeast Texas. I talked uh, to a buddy of mine about it. You don't have to, like, live in uh, California or, I mean, for Texas, just say Houston. You don't have to be there to be super successful. Mm-hmm. We have the internet now. Yeah. So it makes us close. Yeah. yeah. You can be in Tokyo and we can be in Southeast Texas. Yeah. There's and, you no, know, it, you it doesn't don't have matter. to migrate to the big cities. No, absolutely yeah. not. You know, you can be here and be, I mean, obviously super successful, you know. You kind of touched like, on that a little bit at the beginning of, like, younger people no this is maybe before we started just younger people yeah. making southeast texas and these smaller towns Absolutely. really cool like i see like i have a friend right now who lives in denver and her and her husband are actually like moving back to texas for a lot nice. of reasons to be yeah. closer to family they want to have another child um cost of living they've kind of realized that like 
we will never be able to buy a house out here. No. Unless we're going to live in a garage apartment for the next 10 years and save up enough to put down a down payment on something in the suburbs way out of the city. Yeah. That's not the reality for our life. They have one car. They, you know, It's just not the life that they imagine for their child. Yeah. And then I have a friend that I went to college with, and he moved to L.A. after school and worked in music and has done very, very well and married a girl that was actually on um, Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Remember that show? Oh, God. So, and they had two kids. I'm like, how do they afford two kids living in L.A.? They're pregnant with a third, and they just announced yesterday that they're moving back to Texas. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Like, awesome. You know, so all those people. Joe just moved to Texas. Well, and then same with. (laughs) We were just talking about him. Yeah, dude. He just got out of L.A. You know, Brooke moved off. She got that training in Austin. She got that taste of everything there, and she came back and is putting it there. And that's that's a compliment that we get all the time from people who haven't lived here or who travel a lot. That are just like, I don't feel like I'm in Southeast Texas. And like, hey, there's room for it here. Exactly. There's room to yeah. make this place whatever we want. <laughs> while yeah. still respecting the history of our city. We yeah. love Nederland's history. I think it's the coolest that we have our actual like Dutch windmill right there. Like, yeah. you know, we have really cool Dutch history. And some of the founding families that still live here that I went to school with with really cool Dutch names who yeah. have their original wooden shoes from the settlers that came here. It's so random. We have this little bitty city in Texas that's Dutch. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love Nederland. I think it's so cool. Neither of us are from here. Well, he's from Groves. But he never grew up in Nederland. I definitely didn't grow up in Texas. But you can appreciate, like, the whimsy of it. And I think we have some really good people here, too, who are so supportive of something like this. Like, when you first tell people, imagine us, like, these young people who are like, hey, we want to build this massive business in downtown Nederland, (laughs) flip these old buildings, and make beer, touching City Hall, across the street from a church, a school, the police station, the a fire station, station. Yeah, everything. All on the same road as us. Yeah, every crazy. single person is like, what can we do to help? Like, how can we make this successful? That's bad. That's so yeah. what it is, you know? Well, your city makes or breaks you. Justin always has a really good, like, comment about, like, other breweries that he's met that, like, your city will be the deciding factor if you can exist or not. I oh, thought yeah. everyone was There's, a supportive of this Nederland. Yeah, I mean, Nederland has been supportive since day one, and I've talked to people in mostly bigger cities, but they yeah. say the hurdles that you have to jump through to all the regulations and all the, the I mean, just the building codes and everything. You know, it's like wastewater. You have to treat the water. 300 grand in a wastewater treatment plant and just some ridiculous shit. And yeah. Nederland, it was awesome for since day one and just wanted it that's badass we were very lucky to get a building in on boston avenue we didn't think yeah. that ever be possible but it just perfect timing and uh i mean it was a royal piece of shit when we started but yeah it was leaking yeah. roof we gutted this whole thing but we know, also really like like we really like to keep as much as possible obviously with the construction we couldn't but like do you remember Esther's seafood yeah, that was under yeah. the bridge? So actually, all of this cedar right here, all of this cedar, this whole arm rail, all of our boots and tables, uh, the lower ones, this was all salvaged from Esther's before they tore it down. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I'm in there with some of my uh, girlfriends' husbands that are off work. I'm like calling them like, hey, any battery power tools because there's no power there. This place is about to fall apart. But I can get in there and salvage what I can yeah. if y'all can help me. So, you know, we're there tearing everything down. We really like to, like, these are old fence posts from our friend's house that moved in and uh, used all that. This is an old canoe from North Dakota. That is the same wood right there that we used to make this bar. Like, just everything pretty much that you see has been salvaged <laughs> in some way. Like, that's an old yoke that I found 
uh, that this guy made into light for us. Yeah, this is definitely on. not like your typical like bar or brewery. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I walked in and I felt like I was in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like whether yeah. it's rainy or six. Yeah, feet, you know? yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a big compliment. We want it too. <laughs> it has and I think there'll be more and more yeah, of that sure. in this area for sure. Like, oh yeah. I honestly talking about Brook and Spruce earlier. I never expected us to have like a a barber shop or had a bar and you could uh, get beer and drink yeah, and drink and yeah. that's just such a cool place right there in the middle of Cornetius and our next location. Uh, I think. Give it, give it five more years, and we're going to have more and more places like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You guys definitely uh, set the standard, I think. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing the young people investing in Nederland and flipping some houses here rather than just like, oh, we need to move to Orange. We need to move to yeah. Lumberton. It's like, no, yeah. you don't. You can move to your own backyard and flip exactly. some of these old houses. We can yeah. stay in Nederland. Yeah. Like, and that was a big thing with the bond passing last year, updating our schools. Yes, it's a huge bond. And people couldn't understand why, like, we would vote for that bond, you know, owning businesses. Yes, our taxes are going to go up, but our taxes are insane anyway that we pay for the business. If we didn't have that, like, modernization at this time, I think that we would start losing some young people that could be really good for this community. If we don't update our schools and get the things that, like, we needed for our football stadium and, and, I mean, the core of our community, I think that people would just start moving. Oh, Why wouldn't they? You know? For sure. And, you know, we're all similar in age. Like, I think a lot of people in Southeast Texas, I mean, of course, there's older people, but a lot of people are our age, you know what I'm saying? And most of which own businesses, you know, Buxton, Spruce. I have a buddy who owns a a Mexican restaurant in Orange. Mm -hmm. You know, I put them all in a group. I was like, look, dude, we're all young. This makes me super, like, excited that we can, um, you know, we can all put our heads together. We're all friends. And we could just make this place valuable and yeah. more enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Know? It's fucking fantastic. Sure. I like it, you know? Yeah. It's great. So, uh, just backtracking uh, a lot, I guess. Like, how did you guys meet? We met, <laughs> actually, we at Lamar Local College. We, uh, we met at a party for... Destiny. Yeah. Destiny Euros' 20th birthday. Gabby was, Gabby was on the dance team for Lamar. I went to Lamar Put Author my first two years. Then went to Lamar Belmont for my the rest of my college. I was and in the talent program there, so the Texas Academy of Leadership and the Humanities. So you go for your junior and senior year of high school. <laughs> so I'm 16, okay. and well, maybe I was 17 at that time, but I didn't tell anyone that I was young. I just like tried out for the dance team to see if I would make it, yeah. and like I did. So I'm like this baby who has to get a fake ID to be 18 years old to get in anywhere. So when it was it was a girl on the dance team, it was her party at her house, which is great. Because then I could get in. And her name was Destiny, so she wanted everyone at the party to dress something that started with D. So I was a Dixie Cup, and he was a doormat. And we met through mutual friends, but I was like 16 or 17 at the time. So <laughs> not, for the record, I did not know that. He did not know that. He did not know that I was underage. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got, got my clear number. That <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, we met at Lamar, and we had mutual friends. I had... A good buddy of mine, uh, his girlfriend was also on the dance team, so we all hung out a bunch of times. Oh, and cool, cool. Met in college, and then I went she, to A&M and she moved to, off to go to uh, A&M yeah. and finish her degree. I graduated and started working at one of the oil terminals around yeah, it's here. Yeah, kind of always kept in touch, off and on, and you'd come visit me or you'd come here, and then after graduation, we 
got back together, I guess, for the final time, and <laughs> they got married. <laughs> Been married for at least five years in December. Oh, nice. Yep. You guys got got together, just started the American dream, huh? <laughs> we did. Yep. So, what got you into, or what got you into brewing, uh, brewing, and what got you into like making wine and stuff? Wine, I was uh, well. I'd only seen him do brewing stuff. Loved it. Like really passionate about it. And then, like you know, with life gets busier, and then you kind of fall out of it. And I really wanted to start making wine, and I thought it would be fun for us to kind of like compete against each sure. other. And then it really, for once sure. I started talking about it, and I was like, for Christmas that year, uh, I was like, I just, just get me all the wine stuff. And I think looking through all the wine things and seeing that, like, oh, my God, wait, I do have this. Wait, this is in the attic. Like, he had so much of it. It definitely was, like, the catalyst of getting him back into beer. And then it's just been, like, balls to the wall ever since. Like, the old house <laughs> yeah. was just, like... We have an eight-keg kegerator. We had, like, a mini glycol system with his mini fermenters. Like, the whole house looked like a meth lab. Like, we were so... <laughs> you know, if people don't know what they're looking at, there's just pipes and things everywhere. And, you know, it's just been full-blown ever since. But Yeah, I started when I was... I never can remember the year. I think I was, like, 19. I know I was underage. And me and my buddies drew, drove to Houston and there's a homebrew shop. And you can yeah. buy all the shit... Yeah. Whether you're underage or not, you can buy all the shit to make beer. Yeah. You can't buy beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, okay. So then we started thinking, like, wait, so we can bake as much beer as we want. Yeah, we'll just make it. So literally my mom's stove, shit everywhere, like, firming in it in the closet. I mean, it makes five gallons, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it tastes like complete shit. But yeah. we were also 19 years old, yeah. and it was beer. So we drank it. So every, you guys were drinking it. And drank way. every ounce of it. <laughs> and it got you drunk. So it's kind of hooked uh, from there. And yeah. It just escalated. Started making my own recipes, buying more equipment. And yeah. So did you from, did you start like making like uh did you start making beer because you were nineteen? Or did you do it because honestly, you enjoy Honestly it was, Yeah, it was more the beer thing because like me and a couple of my friends at a young age like got into craft beer. Like I can remember Yes, we also drank Natty Light because we were broke and we were in college. But (laughs) I remember us trying like Sam Adams the first time, Sierra Nevada for the first time, uh, Fat Tire for the first. Remember the first time I had Fat Tire? I was like, oh my god! I was like, no wonder this is called Fat Tire. It tastes like rubber. Like this is complete shit. Yeah. And now I look back (laughs) and like Fat Tire is a very mellow amber ale. That's like just I mean great beer. But we got very into like trying craft beer at a very young age and that's where it kind of came from let's see if we can make something like for that for sure yeah and uh it just escalated from there like it starts with recipe kits like it's basically a kit that has everything in it so you just throw it in and you know they makes a certain type of beer it was like only like two to three beers later that i was like making beer is cool but like i think the i think the coolest part about it is when you make the recipe when it's yours like this right. is a beer that i created it wasn't a kit so i'm I mean, it was probably the fourth beer I ever made was me throwing random shit together to say it was like my own. Yeah, you and appreciate doing it. The re- yeah, doing the research of the grain and the hops and this. We can talk about that shit for an hour, but, and that's now, that's my favorite part right now. Yeah. Like, we still to the day, I mean, we're now, we're, instead of brewing five gallons, we're brewing 220 gallons. Sometimes Ooh. when we do double batches, we brew about 450, 450 gallons. So... It's a lot bigger scale, but it, it would really surprise you how similar it is, even sure. for even going up that quick. 
And typically, like, uh, so how many gallons do you do at a time? Is that, is so that... 220 is like a one, like a single batch. Okay. And we do double batches too. Uh, it's about 440, 450 gallons. So they just brew back to back and put it in like a really large fermenter yeah. that we have over there. Do, the 14 yeah. barrel fermenter. You basically just have to brew twice and fill up the entire. Barrel okay. Barrel typically, time. how long does that something like that take? It's about the brew day is about six to seven hours. Okay. But from the day you brew it to it being on tap, it's usually about two weeks. Okay, okay. Depending on the type of beer, if it's a lager, it takes a little longer. But most of our beers, we can turn around in about two weeks. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah, man, I went to you guys' like website and just looked at some of the names. Where did these names come from? <laughs> Every name <laughs> has a story. Every yeah. single name. We were just talking really? about this a couple of days ago that a lot of breweries people always compliment us on our don't. names. They're like, they're so creative. I'm like, one, there's no way that you can know what half these things mean. But I didn't realize that people just like name things. I guess I do realize. I just don't think about it. You know, they'll just be like, oh, the Nederland, whatever. You know, we want, I have a list going in my phone from years ago. Of just yeah. Anytime we have an idea about something or like stories that happen to us, like we just did the, the IPA. Oh, you need another beer. What do you want to try next? Uh, whatever, sure. whatever's clever. I'll let you try the. Uh, so we'll you started with the, the Gulf IPA. Coast IPA. You okay. did thirty twenty seven first. Yeah. Okay, so then now hazies, which hazies are probably one of the hardest things to brew. Justin is just an absolute haze master. Holy shit, that yeah. thing's cool as hell. That rinser thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they installed it themselves. What? Yeah. So Bro. I mean, that's the that's the fourth step in perfectly sanitizing your glasses, yeah, rinsing so it again to make sure it's perfect. You guys so. are just so like innovative as shit, huh? Yeah, we gotta <laughs> do it right. We respect beer. We're such purists with beer. Like as as like liberal as we are with everything with beer, it's like yeah. we don't like to stray. You <laughs> yeah. know, I really like to think of like my founding beer fathers like being very proud of our recipes and stuff. <laughs> you know, like we're we're like that with it. We really want presentation perfect I'll make sure my glassware is perfect and that's kind of how I train the staff as well like they know what to look for in glasses if it's not perfectly clear if a bubble sticks to the side of the glass like you know all that stuff it's gotta be but, perfect yeah. pristine this one's not a super clever this one's called not the mama because we loved that show Dinosaur, remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the little baby dinosaur oh, Sinclair. Yeah. Not, Not the mama. And, and we always talk about him. And one of our first tap handles, um, our good friend, it's my best friend and her husband through him. Actually, we fixed him up when she was at A&M with me and he came and visited one weekend. Oh, nice. So now they're married and she moved down to Southeast Texas too. Another really cool young couple that yeah. could have, you know, lived in Dallas or wherever else, but they're down here too. And he used to do like, paint jobs and everything so you got this tap handle like candy painted it for us and then put one of the little dinosaurs on top for when we (laughs) had the system at home so that was like one of our classic tap handles and we're like homage to you know one of our first little tap handles so we just called that one not the mama and that is one of the most amazing hazy ipa recipes i personally have ever tried we get like steadily some of the best reviews on. I think it's like one of the things that you're most proud of too. Oh, that's probably yeah. People... A really neat hop in there that has like a coconut flavor to mm. it and some stone fruit. It's really interesting and that's good. The yeah. best compliment people say that with this one he can play with the big dogs. Like this one is up there with Ghost <laughs> the Machine and all those other like shelfy hazies. Yeah. H Town Haze, all those. This is this is better. Thirty twenty seven. We just did that one last week. <laughs> Oh yeah, that. that's uh, thirty twenty seven. Yeah, well, that is our my assistant, uh, the guy that helps me brew is James. He was, he started as a bartending, but he's very interested in the process and yeah. beer. So 
I was getting to the point where I needed help back there, and uh, he, now he helps me. He's here pretty much every day brewing with me, and uh, we wanted to do something to kind of commemorate because we um, released it on Thursday, didn't we? On the day of football, yes, the day the that day was... the NFL was coming back. So we want to do oh, kind of something football themed. So and, this is uh, spanking new. Yes, the, the first yeah, one that, that you had. Yeah, okay, the yeah. twenty-seven. The, so we call it a Gulf all... Coast IPA because it's yeah. it's like our own style that we think kind of fits right between the West Coast and the East Coast. So it's like yeah, it's got like the fruity coast. hops of the East Coast, like a hazy, but still dry and malt of like a West Coast IPA. Yeah. So kind of in the middle. And so it's so our IPA, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's ours. Exactly. And it's our second. We, we got a trademark Gulf Coast IPA. Patio Sounder, <laughs> and then we did another one because it was well received. But James, we always mess with him because we call him like a hometown hero because in 2015, 2015, I was going to say 05, but they're young. No. In 2015. <laughs> he was a sophomore in high school. Uh, the in kicker, Mid- Mid-County the Madness, Nederland versus PNG every year is a huge deal in this area. And yeah. the he was the kicker that kicked the game-winning field goal to oh, make it 30 shit. to make it 30 to 27. Oh, wow. And that's how okay. they, as time expired. So it's kind of a joke because we say like, we said we we're gonna like hang his jersey from the Raptors and retire his number, and <laughs> so we we're just fucking with him. We we're like, we're gonna name it thirty twenty seven. We, like and we just, we, whenever we hear information about people, we just like don't let it go. Like yeah. if anyone's like, oh, James is like, oh, well, did you know that he is the <laughs> sophomore kicker from twenty fifteen? Yeah. That so we put it online and we're like, hey, the first person that guesses what this number's from, yeah. Wins a tin tacker, and a lot of people are like googling NFL stuff and we're like putting that. But a handful of people were like 2015 nearly one. What? Someone got it. Someone got it pretty Like, I mean, people got it really fast. Yeah, yeah. They, people I mean, are also pretty sick hard. about football in this area. Dude, yeah. yeah, just just in the South, you know, let alone yeah. Texas and uh, Southeast Texas. You know, <laughs> we're big on our football. Yeah, uh, my my LCM there sucked. Uh, I went to LCM. We were trash, <laughs> always, every year, just shit. <laughs> so I had to settle. I was the only black dude on the tennis team. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I had to settle nice. for tennis. <laughs> so I'm not playing this sport. We suck at it. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2010. Okay. I would have graduated in 2010. I ran away. <laughs> so I got to get out of here. Football so, yeah. team's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. Just football. <laughs> gotta yeah, go it's terrible. Back. No, but it's cool that you guys have a story for like every uh, every tap. You know what I'm saying? Or every uh, brew. Yeah, it's one of the fun. It's one of the fun things to do. Get the name on. And now there's so many breweries and so many beers everywhere that if you don't come up with something unique or personal to you, that it's probably already taken already. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's even coming up with the name of the brewery. Yeah. We knew to find something that wasn't already trademarked is pretty damn hard. Or the, that's my next question. Like, where did the where did the, this, the name and the logo? The logo is fucking sick, by the way, because it's something like I'd have on something. I don't know what podcast or anything. I don't know what it'd be. Yeah. But where did the name so, come from? And where did this uh, the, the pug with the antlers? Come the from? name came from my last name is Buchanan Lopez, and okay. um, uh, everyone called my grandfather Buck. Ah, so right. that's actually my. That's my grandfather. He was a okay. big part of my life. And uh, so we kind of want to do something to, you know, remember him. And then Gabby came up with the idea of just throwing it. My first name's Justin. Yeah. So him, Buck, Justin, Buckskin uh, is where it came yeah. from. We it had to come up with something like, very original. Yeah, because In order to get it trademarked. Yeah, you can't trademark things that are a last name, like in the United States. Right. Or... Um, Bodies of water, geographical land. Like, like I couldn't just say like Nederland Brewing Company and get a trademark on that. 
Mm. Like you have to be more specific in your really yeah. So See, you I can you can yeah. file DBAs and you can have different things to protect you. But like we couldn't just name it, you know, something about our city. Right, right, if right. If it was Some... like an official name. So with Buxton, yeah. and then that's our dog Nancy. That's one of our uh, rescue pugs from Pug Hearts of Houston. They're awesome. Adopt <laughs> all of your pugs. Adopt your dogs. There's a rescue for the kind of dog you want. I promise they'll fly them to you. They will. <laughs> um, that's Nancy. And then the antler is kind of like a pugalope, but then also like a buck. We were preparing for the rebuttal phase of trademark because Buxton, though it's not a last name, B-U-X-T-I-N or B-U-X-T-O-N is. Yeah. So though phonetically it sounds the same, right, so right. we wanted to have like an even better argument if we got to the rebuttal oh, phase of sure, trademark yeah. and say, well, "Oh, Southeast Texas bucks, people love to hunt. We've we never hunted in our life. We have taxidermy. <laughs> like we have no desire to hunt, but, but also I love the she aesthetic. loves yeah. So like she like wanted kind of like a lodge. like a lodge yeah. theme. So we with Buckston buck is already kind of throwing in the deer reference so we just threw horns on her and that's uh, a genius marketing yeah Yeah, you gotta think like 10 steps ahead and then our artist that we just found on fiber a guy in indonesia and added the hop necklace added the hop vine around her like did all of that i could show you the uh the I'll show you like, yeah, when we're done. Like, <laughs> like, she's very good in Photoshop and like makes our labels, but I mean, I'm very shitty and I like, I got into paint and basically made <laughs> oh, the, that, that's my, me, bro. my idea was <laughs> yeah, a pug with antlers and hops and like that was yeah. my basic idea. I'll show you later and uh, I sent that to <laughs> the terrible. sent that to the artist. And that's the very enough, first. Man. That's this? the very first thing he came back with. No edits and we we're like all the. The script and everything, and we're like, "Fuck yes, that's it." But see, it's, it just goes back to what we were talking about—the power of the internet, you know. Yeah. But a lot of people, especially like in this area, they don't know about Fiverr. You know, oh, Fiverr's amazing. Fiverr's Fiverr's so fucking amazing. So, yeah. awesome. so, so before I got my my Jamie, uh, yeah. Junior Junior wins his name, uh, Tam Junior win. Before I got him, I would go to Fiverr and I'd have these guys edit the audio for me. You know, yeah, yeah nice. they were in like Bangladesh and like random ass places. Yeah, you know, but it, it cost me like ten bucks. Oh yeah, you know, for like a three hour uh, audio file edit. You yeah. know, so it was super cool. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. Like, something yeah. like this, it's like fuck. You guys can make a million bucks with this logo. I know. We always say we need to just send him some stuff one day because imagine how many things on Fiverr that they just designed for people that are never actually going to use it. You know, they oh, get something sure. made for and like a, nothing comes of it. It's like a gift card or like a yeah, joke or something. Or a, yeah. a birthday and present. now his logo is on like on some, every type you of know, merchandise. You know, like that, the button up that we have with Nancy all over it. Like this oh, is yeah. actually like a remake of the, 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 one of our tattoo artists redesigned this. Oh shit. In his <laughs> own style, he does like a really cool like neo modern traditional like he does a lot of like american traditional looking things he's very distinctive in his style he did his mom actually on the outside of his arm that's justin's mom actually oh wow and like made it in his own style too so uh during covid he's like i want to get more into graphic design Uh, his name is abel sanchez he has a shop called red dagger in east downtown and he's awesome so he messed with it and he's and i was like perfect he nailed it but (laughs) i wanted to use this special like something else so this is like our barrel releases and like our special release we use it for that and then i got like these gators made with it on it too and like a kind of different style so it has its own kind of spot but this is kind of like with abel too that's what we were talking about you know turning your hobbies into things he's like i want to get more into graphic design it's you know 
he was saying that, you know, his body's going to hurt after a while doing tattoos for so long, so let me sure. get into graphic design because yeah. there's longevity yeah. in that. He's for got sure. a family. Yeah. Him and his wife are tattoo yeah. artists. So he did ours first, and he loved it. He's like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I, he nailed it perfect. He had a good time doing it. They love dogs, and he's known our story from the beginning. Then he said that he did, like, a buddies for, like, a – an industrial company and the name is whatever yeah. there's nothing else to do with it like you could make a letter you know one letter look cooler or something he's like i hate graphic design <laughs> like i don't want to do it i thought all of them were going to be fun i thought it was going to be like doing names all, all the time are, right not all he's like i don't want to do it yeah and exactly yeah. and he's a huge craft beer fan too so i'm sure he's excited about that <laughs> yeah. yeah well there's i think that's just something about like uh like with you guys' logo, like a pug, a pug, period, like it's just trippy looking. A yeah. pug is a trippy looking yes. funny creature. They're so widely <laughs> accepted, whether you have pugs or not. People love the look of like such an ugly thing. Yeah, it's cute. It's, like, <laughs> like it's just like looking at a regular dog with like on acid or yes, something. You is. know, LSD, it something. Really yeah, like something happened, like it's I mean, it's melted a, or something. It's a mutated you know? dog. Yeah, yeah. and then you, you <laughs> add antlers to it, and it's like, oh shit, like yeah. I'm really in an acid trip. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a cool logo though. It's uh, definitely a badass sticker. You know, mm-hmm. like that'd be a cool sticker logo. Um, yeah. I see these things. Uh, I forgot what you guys called them, but these are tin tackers. Tin tackers. Yeah, yeah we just got badass. those in actually. That's cool. Yeah, one day you'll have your studio set up. And yeah. We'll get the tin tackers <laughs> on the wall. I'll give you some stickers and stuff. Too, you know, she does great on artwork. This new slew of t-shirts that I have is the design without it, just the black and white, because people really like to have both. Yeah. So we kind of switch it up. We have a lot to work with. That's what I noticed. People, uh, it's like simple is more. You know, people enjoy yeah. simplicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, so... Uh, the the pizza all right here we go uh okay the the pizza names and like how did you guys uh what inspired like you guys incorporating pizza into the brewery yeah i mean we've always loved pizza and And that was that was part of the some people ask us that aren't familiar is like did y'all just add the pizza you know because y'all well first of all we could have never predicted this covid shit like there's no way it's like at the end of the day Having a kitchen might have helped us once we applied for relicensing and everything, but we were going to have a kitchen from day one. That's one of the things that delayed us a little bit is we knew it was going to be more capital investment, more research. Uh, thank God Gabby has worked in the restaurant industry for a long time. Yeah. I have no experience with that part of it. So it's a lot more upfront, but we yeah. knew that we wanted to have food. I mean, I've been to, we've probably been to, 300 breweries at this point and I would say maybe I'd say 20% would be being exaggerating to have food like a lot of a lot of breweries just don't have food even uh, just a food truck or something yeah like in that 20% and I know how much like I'd go to places and be like awesome beer I drank a Belgian triple and a a double IPA and I'm feeling fucking good now i want something to eat for sure and then yeah. i go next door to eat and i'm like well let's just put that together yeah the right. cons let's, let's... on that list were so simple yes it's scary to tackle a kitchen if you never have right. i designed that kitchen it's eight foot by 16 foot with storage space it is a it is a food truck yeah, it was no, designed it's off a food truck we were never <laughs> going to have a grill we were never going to have a fryer everything is going to be able to bake in an oven yeah. you can design a very simple menu off of that and that's with a very large three compartment sink we could have two to three people in there working at a time it's a tight fit but two coolers and two sets of shelving two prep tables and a freezer like yeah. it's to- you know it's totally doable 
Keep your menu simple. Make sure that all of your items are used on more than one like menu item. Yeah. Like just be really strategic about how you design your menu. Sure. Keep people keep butts and chairs for longer. Yeah. When you're teaching somebody how to drink craft beer and appreciate, you know, our canned sandwiches, our beer that is like a Michelob Ultra. Mm. But it's still five percent. So you gotta teach people to slow down with yeah. certain things. Order a pizza, <laughs> order an appetizer, yeah. like have something to put in your stomach just to slow you down, even if it's just like a hand-to-mouth thing. And then, like, yeah, no we, we said it on our grand opening, <laughs> Justin walks by a table, the lady's on the phone, somebody, I guess, getting a friend to meet her there. I'm at the new pizza place in Nederland. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so you like, get that <laughs> order? I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. at the time I was walking by, I was like, I was like Man, we have pretty good beer too, but honestly, either way, we we have regulars that come in just for a pizza, and that's a huge compliment. That for sure, yeah. we thought pizza. You look at the business plan; it was going to be kind of a side thing, keep people here, give people yeah. food when they're hungry. It's just a bonus that the pizza turned out fucking awesome. People yeah. love it. People come in here just to eat the pizza. Yeah. Awesome. And then the people that come here to drink and get pizza, I mean, it's it's just a just, bonus, and it's even works better. Out, right? Yeah, it's, so. I've told people, I've talked to just on forums and stuff where people opening up breweries and yeah. questioning about throwing in the kitchen or whatever, and I'd say 100%, yeah. do it, do it, do it. We would answer any question, would help anyone, because we got helped a lot just by people we had no idea about. Yeah, And that's a, one of the awesome things about this industry is people are willing to tell you anything. Like, yeah, we share all of our information. There's no such thing as industry secrets in, in breweries. Like... 99% of the breweries that yeah. we've met, there's not a second that they won't go out of their way to make sure that they're there when you go to their brewery to show you everything. And, you know, you, you can give somebody your beer recipe. There's nothing, there's no right. proprietary secret about it. I can give you all the information. Now, are you going to do it the same way that Justin does it? Are you going to put as much exactly. attention to detail and the oh, 80% exactly. of the brew process is sanitation? I came like, in here and I tell them straight off and I've told them and they're surprised. I'll tell you exactly the recipe of many of my beers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell you uh, everything that's on the pizza. I don't like, think it's, I mean, I don't want to say good luck, but there's a lot of process involved. It's right. not the ingredients in right. making beer to me. Yeah. Right, for sure. Well, it seems like, uh, you know, just like the, the beer and the pizza, it goes hand in hand because it's the same with pizza. You could give someone the same ingredients. They won't make the pizza the way yeah. you made it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's, uh, it's all about, like you said, attention to detail and patience. Yeah. And it's such a, such a perfect combo of beer. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, you can't. That's the dream right literally there. Literally have, have, I call it bar appetizers. It's just like chicken wings and yeah. cheese curds and stuff like that and then pizza. Like, it just goes perfect. Oh, beer. for sure. Like, have, that's so. the dream to own a yeah. place where you're serving beer, but also pizza. You yeah. Know? It's like, like until you pack on two so favorite much things. joy yeah. to people. Until you pack on 20 pounds. And then <laughs> yeah. I can't eat. Good, I can't yeah. pe I can't eat pizza every day of my life. Stop <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was. Uh, I forget where I got this from. Uh, I think something on YouTube, but it's I fact checked it. So the uh, the national anthem is originally like a beer song from uh, from England. Is it really? Yeah, it's a yeah. So the the national anthem we sing, the melodies and everything, uh -huh. is a beer song from England. You know, God, so no matter what, if you're an American, you gotta love beer. <laughs> I mean, it's our favorite statistic that we would always talk about in our meetings and stuff for how you know that craft beer is not a bubble. <laughs> yeah. it, it seemed like a bubble there from like 2009 to now, with like so many popping up. But so we go back to 
when was like the United States on 1876? Uh, or pre-prohibition, uh, the amount of 18, 1776. Or, yeah. Okay, so then, so 100 years after that, we're in 1876. Mm-hmm. It is, there are 8.3 million people in the United States, and there were 1,400 breweries. Fast forward Damn. to prohibition, there's zero breweries. Few breweries made it through prohibition. A couple could continue brewing if it was medicinal, but really, like, you know, we know we know what it was. Yeah. We didn't get back up to having 1,400 breweries until 2014, when there were 40 million people, roughly. Yeah. And that was at 1,400 breweries. Like, now there's a lot more than that, but, like, yeah. the, the ratio is not accurate like, no, the, like we need more breweries we need more watering holes like we need yeah, more places the, like this so when people talk about yes the regional big craft breweries i think is kind of a thing in the past yeah don't get me wrong st arnold's is going to be st arnold's forever they make awesome beer they already sure. have their name out there but if you're looking to open a brewery don't try to be the next st arnold's you're right. not it's you're literally the there's not enough model. there's not enough shelf space i mean unless you can produce at that quantity and make that much margin but there is room to make there's room for a brew pub in every city and i honestly believe that i think we have one in port natchez now we have one in needland we have two in beaumont beaumont's bigger i think they could do at least one more i think brit city could support a brew pub i think lumberton could support a brew pub lcm it's literally an we're literally a restaurant that makes our own beer yeah we're lit, so we literally <laughs> will. You could get it a two-barrel some... system and brew enough beer to keep your tap. But that's what a, like a brew pub. A lot of people don't know what brew pub came from. Like pub, used, it stood for public house. Public house, right? Yeah. yeah right. So that was literally the circle in the town that everyone went to yeah. to drink beer, and they, they just happened to make. House. Yeah, they just happened to make. <laughs> What wine over here? <laughs> it's all wine. It's all wine. <laughs> So yeah, so this happened to make beer Flats there, and if you want to drink beer in the city, you can. <laughs> I, I picture like a really <laughs> antiquated like Wi-Fi cafe because like you couldn't work at home. Like you wanted to at least work. You're all gonna be hot and miserable, and you probably don't want to be around your wife and kids. So all our founding fathers went to their brew pubs. Like that yeah. is where this country was born. Like everything about our independence and. Yeah. Our declaration and our constitution oh, yeah. you look at is the, from beer. The history of beer is pretty funny. A lot of yeah. major incidents in American history are because of a bunch of drunk guys getting together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, last night, I just wanted to do, like, last-minute homework, you know, just on breweries and everything. I didn't want to get in front of you guys and sound like an idiot. But I couldn't find, like, the, the, the name of the first brewery in the United States or Texas. Oldest one in the United States is Yingling. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Still super popular. Yeah? Yeah. It's still family-owned as well. That's badass. I'm yeah. trying to think of the oldest... In the world? Well, well in the world, you go back to, like, it's Belgium. The, or, yeah, it's uh, in Belgium. Those are, like... I mean, there's breweries that are 500 years old, five, six hundred years the old. The Trappist mm. Monastery, yeah. like, the monks that yeah. made beer, because they, they made them official breweries, but... I mean, in, in world history, that's always one of the, like, facts as well. Like, one of the first professions that was actually, like, taxed and put money on, along with prostitution, was beer. Like, making yeah. beer. Like, they paid the slaves building the, not paid them, they were slaves, building the pyramids. Yeah, right. They incentivize them. They have, they have 
records of showing like whichever group got this block here faster competitions like fun competitions were rewarded with like an extra barrel beer like i mean it's it's so ingrained in like humans developing i just can't think of a more like community driven thing like we just started this beer forward board this weekend because like what's more social what's what's a more social beverage than beer like there's There's, nothing more uh, social than that that, and that's why i named like named the podcast beer and bullshit because Mm -hmm. it's like everyone likes everyone likes beer you know what i'm saying like and off record i'll I'll tell you guys like the future like the podcast Mm -hmm. the name's gonna change just a little bit yeah. but, uh, be a little more <laughs> acceptable yeah yeah <laughs> just a little bit but uh, like that i uh reposted that on like instagram the beer forward thing yeah. and it's like what's more acceptable and like i don't know anyone that doesn't like beer you yeah. know whether it's like a super light uh ale or uh, if it's like yeah. a super stout like porter exactly. or ipa or that's what we you know. like that's what we're very proud of that we have everything yeah i mean you have you taste our canned sandwich versus our showcase shutdown. The canned sandwich. That's why they all have names. They all have stories. They all have stories. They I mean, we do. make the lightest, clearest beer you can drink and yeah. the darkest, thickest beer you and can And then we drink. also make a Rattler in-house. Like, we make this the Sprite here, and then we mix it with the Saison so that people can taste what a fresh Rattler is. Yeah. And that is truly one where people are like, no, I don't like beer. Somebody gave me this, and it still tastes like beer. This actually does not taste like beer. It tastes like Sprite. <laughs> and, like, we're, we're here for it. We're here for that challenge yeah. of finding something that people like. If they don't like the Rattler, they don't like lemon lime soda. Like, they don't like Sprite. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I can't help you there. And it's yeah. only, we do one-third Sprite and two-thirds of the Saison, so you're still at, like, 5.5% alcohol. Yeah. But it tastes like candy, and it's amazing. And, you know, we, we have some kind of, like, uh, regular favorite mixtures. Uh, one of our regulars loves to mix the patio pounder with the strawberry. Oh, wow. uh, so it's an IPA, like a strawberry IPA. It's delicious. So we call it the patty straw. And then we have the salt lime beer with the strawberry. So it's like a strawberry limeade. Oh, so wow. we have. So okay. those are two mixtures <laughs> that the, the customers kind of made up, and they started ordering it so much just by word of mouth that we had to add buttons for it. Yeah. That's but that's. Yeah. Uh, we have a really good community. Oh, for sure. And speaking, awesome. like, speaking of community, you guys consider like uh, expanding, like in the near future. Oh, I'd love to if we could get if we could expand that way. Because my parents bought this building next door, but I didn't want to expand this way. Mm. I didn't. I don't need more like half room space right here. What the dream would be is more outdoor space mm. and expanding all of this that way pulling the bar back and the cooler and everything back to kind of make this bigger. But our expansion right now is going to be outside of the tap room. It would be getting some kegs at other places, you know, very strategic about where we would do it. We have for sure, two or three sure. places in Mid-County, one in Bridge City, and then probably one elsewhere. And we'll probably just start with like four accounts and see yeah. how that goes. Of course, and then Beaumont too, some more experimental stuff. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we. You don't make a lot of money on that. It's not about money for, for that one. Yeah, that's just more testing the waters. Yeah, like just getting your name out here. Yeah, like, to people to come to the tap room. You know, when we designed the taps, like this would be the tap that they have there. You know, it's a tree, it's carved, it says local. So if somebody's out of town or somebody hasn't heard of us and they're like, well, what's that local tap? Oh, this is Bucks. Well, that's what I know. The first thing I do, I mean, not that we get to go out of town very often anymore, but mm-hmm. like if we go somewhere at a restaurant, I was like, y'all have any local beers on tap? For sure. And that's kind of, that was completely the idea of this and i mean our company 
about designing it. And uh, so, yeah. I mean, you would have told me, so we opened in December, we've been closed half the time. You told me in less than a year that we were doubling our fermentation capacity. I said, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> or if that was the case, I would have done that to start with because, yeah. I mean, we're, like this week, we're selling and hopefully next week getting the new tanks, which is not the easiest thing to do. These are very large pieces of equipment. But it's just, it shows, yeah, tearing, tearing down an office we just built. But we're blessed to have the community that has supported us through this. Yeah. Another, like, core thing that I've noticed, honestly, guys, like, I just got into craft beer, like, maybe two years ago. I'm 29, and I just got into this shit. But, like, another core thing I noticed is just, like, logos and, like, craft beer and everything. Mm -hmm. So if I were to go to Houston or Austin, I saw that logo. You know, you, it, it stands out, so you yeah. know. You know, and there's just with antlers. <laughs> well, now you know it's antlers. Buxton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and you think the dog's name is Buxton? At well, this people oh, say yeah, that all the time, that. or they think our last name is that. Like they'll write invoices to like Gabby and Justin Buxton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or you just assume that you know, like I don't assume that people's brewery name is their last name. Like, yeah. Because I don't know, everything's crazy. But I mean, we we love this industry. We love this community. Like. We have so many people that we don't even know, we've never met, but have been, like, such lifesavers for us, like, in a forum that I feel like they're, like, our friends. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. not getting CBC this year, the Craft Brewers Conference, was really sad. Like, not getting to see those people that we get to see once a year. Yeah. Looking, so, like, but, looking forward to that and just being let yeah. down because you can't meet see those people this year. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. pain in the ass. So, and next year it'll be in San Diego. Hopefully it gets to happen. It's in, like, yeah. April of... In April, it's in April. Yeah, in April, San Diego. <coughs> so hopefully we'll get to do that. And then the GABF, the Great American Beer Festival, in October every year also got canceled. But they're still holding the like competition portion of it. So we got oh, to wow. ship off four of our beers, and um, we'll get to you know watch live and see when they do that. But winning a GABF medal, we always said would just be like like winning the Oscars. Like there's it's nothing. It's a long. It's the biggest it's, beer competition yeah. in the world. Oh, so shit. it's it. It's, I mean, obviously a very far long shot, but yeah. well, if it, why not at least try? Yeah, I mean, why sure. not? He's so. used to winning medals every mm -hmm. single time as a home brewer. Yeah. This is a big part of the building the business plan phase, too. He wanted real feedback from um, Cicerone, which is like a sommelier, but for beer. I know the flavors, I know the style and everything. Getting real, real feedback. He won something in every single competition, that, oh, like shit. placed in every competition. He never didn't win something. Yeah, like made it into the semifinals for like the biggest homebrew competition in the world, and yeah. that was amazing. That's like bad. so, that's... knowing that like his little homebrews are really worth the shit. Like yeah. they're really good. We don't just think they're good. Your friends aren't blowing smoke yeah, up your ass because it's free my, beer. Give my friends free beer nonstop. <laughs> they're all gonna say, <laughs> of course, it's great. they're gonna love it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> So yeah. it's honest to, to get like feedback from a professional judge, knowing like oh, for if sure. you're going to risk your life for this, that's motivated. bad for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, another like another thing I wanted to ask is like, uh, so just with competitions like that, you guys pay attention to that, but um, with other breweries, there's no like comp, right? You guys are just open arms. I mean, that's you. You're yeah. welcome. You don't. I mean. I think anyone that goes to any brewery in Southeast Texas is yeah. a potential customer for another one of our breweries. For sure. For like, sure. if you, I like to use my mom as an example who didn't drink craft beer at all. She started, obviously, with ours, started liking some of our beers. And next thing I know, she's 
calling or texting me that she's at Struggle Street in Beaumont, like trying yeah. all these random weird beers. And Scott Reeves at Struggle Street is one of our good friends. Like yeah. we love him. And that's right there, like someone who I promise you would have never gone there before. And yeah. same thing, yeah. like we'll have customers that I was at Poor Brothers earlier, but we live in Nederland. They mentioned there's a brewery down here, so we came to have a beer here. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. we think that love for one craft beer is love for every craft beer. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't. Oh, yeah, it's nice. That's. I mean, that's our like us like us struggle straight and Poor Brothers. How we're having like the poker run for all of us all together because yeah. not only are we all three so different, like we just want the love of craft beer to spread for sure. You know, there's there's no. One, I think there's so much less of a stigma of being a regular at a brewery than it is, like, at a bar or something. I know that a lot of people, there's a bad stigma with that. Somebody who lives at the bar, you know, they died at the seat at the bar. You know, like, yeah. because it's hard <laughs> liquor, flies. you know, that you know that's not <laughs> as acceptable. But beer is different. And being a brewery, which it's, are it's pretty much different. always, like, family-friendly yeah. that I've been to. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a brewery and it's a kid's first birthday. Or, like, yeah. you know, like, the, you know, everyone yeah. gets to enjoy it. Like, so many babies are, like will run back there. They're comfortable walking around the stainless steel because they've seen it since we've opened. And like, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, there's there's so many like niche communities within craft beer. There's no reason like if they can open up a brewery tour and stand from us. And yeah. I promise you, we would share recipes and for sure everything. Like, why do you guys think that is other? though? Like you know, with like a bar, there's uh, hard liquor, um, mm-hmm. and some bars get like bad raps. Well, you can have breweries and everyone's just like so like into like each other's breweries and connected to each other why do you think yeah, that is? I think it's because there's a craft involved at a bar there isn't you know they're not making mm. anything maybe mixologists there would be more of a community with them because right. they're they're making some cool recipes but then there's a competition with that too they don't want to share this special cocktail that they make right. let somebody else know how to make it and yeah. then that bartender loses their customers but when there's a craft involved when we're all creating something I think that creates the community yeah I think well That's at the end of the day I think as cliche as it sounds we're all fighting a bigger opponent in the beer industry yeah like we're all getting people from don't get me wrong. I mean, I drank Bud Light and Miller Light, Keystone in college. Yeah, there's just my, a lot of people don't know that there's better shit out. There's stuff that tastes better. They honestly yeah, just don't sure. know that. And honestly, for a very similar price these days. Yeah. So I think it's more of the still craft beer grows every year percentage wise in America, but it's still a very very small percentage. Mm. And I think it's all of us fighting together. If we could, if we can turn someone that drinks. Michelob. They've never had a beer before. They had our canned sandwich. Like, that's not bad. And they tried the Saison. And then they can go to the other breweries. And if we can turn them into a craft beer, craft beer drinker, another brewery can do the same thing. I think we're all in the same fight of... Taking away from the conglomerates. I mean, basically. For sure. Yeah. For I sure, mean, for sure. not that they're hurting by any means because they just keep buying all the popular craft breweries. Yeah. But we're basically in the same side of the fight. And I think that's yeah. why we're at it. Like, us opening... Or, Beaumont opening another brewery is not going to hurt us. It just really isn't. It's going to... Shit, we're at the point now where we, have, we could have enough breweries to do like a little bus tour in this area. For know? sure. You yeah. have, you know, all the different stops. Yeah, so... Uh, so there's many cities, the many cities, especially bigger cities, that show that you can have... Houston probably has 
Last time I looked, it was like 50-something degrees. Holy fuck. Yeah. I only know yeah. about like Carbock. And oh, no. Uh, it's literally that. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. You can't like the outskirts. It's insane. And then a, a bunch of like smaller ones, too, that we go in there. We see they have a GABF gold medal. Like the one that we talked about being, you know, like the Oscars. Yeah. And then once you kind of get on that list, that opens this whole new community of craft beer drinkers that travel to places that have won medals yeah. to see what it is. Like to go what's well it, off the beaten about? path to see like what holler you know holler yeah. is in a residential neighborhoods warehouse district with a tap room that's the size of right here huge production and they won i mean and their, their beer is just excellent too and mm-hmm. then they have nitro coffee on draft and all of that as well and and then not just our community how hand in hand that coffee and beer go together yeah and you know oh, we're man. great friends mm-hmm. with the avenue oh. and we have jana bart right here that owns golden cup and there's, you know, the podcast Uppers and Downers, and yeah. they have a whole, they have a festival every year. You know, they, like Randy and Brianne, go to that festival because they love coffee and beer so much together. Yeah. And, you know, they, it's, they, there's just so many cool things that go hand in hand. Yeah. All things brewed. Yeah. <laughs> Roasted and brewed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And give you an effect, <laughs> like some yeah. kind of stimulant. Some sort Uppers of stimulant. And yeah. Exactly. I mean, as humans, we like to get fucked up. If it's one way or another, you know. <laughs> It is who yeah. we are. <laughs> so what's next? Before we wrap up, what's next for Buxton? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to get back to higher capacity. Well, I mean, impending is the poker run this weekend. Just yeah. to kind of do something to thank the community. And yeah, this Saturday, um, we're having a poker run, us poor brothers and Struggle Street. So basically, you go to each location, mm-hmm. uh, you get a card, a uh, playing card. So you have three cards. Across the street from Poor Brothers, which is in downtown Beaumont, yeah. is a huge parking lot. It's kind of going to have be the uh, till, yeah, gather. whatever you want to call it, the gathering tailgate. And so you'll have three cards. You'll get your other two. We'll draw two cards, and then whoever makes the best poker hand will win prizes. And we got a bunch of awesome prizes donated from local businesses. We're all donating stuff, and uh, just going to be fun. Hang out to do something a little. Oh, for get sure. back to normal a little bit yeah. help all the the breweries in the area yeah. so and just just to also like what we talked about if one person knows our place but they've never been out to the other two it's yeah. that perfect reason yeah to finally go to has. all three in one day just make a purchase at each of them just see what they all have because we're all super different you could buy a six pack to go you can have a pint person buy a shirt from the third place you know yeah. just kind of see everything think about it in that context then so if it's a day where you're like you want to go to the brewery i hope that they schedule in their day to go to two or three or four breweries yeah. you know i mean i know we're in mid county but you know we have one down the street if they're in beaumont they could go to both of them for sure they could do downtown beaumont and come here it doesn't take more than 15 20 minutes yeah, it's to get like a run it's almost month. like a little tour you know yeah it's it's itching for a tour yeah somebody, i always tell people like you know somebody with a party bus like they can make some, they can make some money <laughs> can make people some love money. a tour yeah because we're we're buzzing pun intended yeah. <laughs> just drive don't drive just to get somebody to drive you drink responsibly <laughs> how can everybody reach you guys oh uh, we have a website buxtonbrewing.com um Online ordering and everything is on there. All the menus, subscribe to us on Untapped. It's all on that website too. Um, our handles are Buxton Brew Co. If it's on Facebook or Instagram. Um, what else do we have? We're on Yelp and TripAdvisor and Google listings. And I mean, we pretty much try to have our hand everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> if you type yeah. in brewery in your
you're somewhat within 100 miles, we should show up. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. We're working on it. <laughs> well, badass, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate you guys coming on. Oh, of Thank course. you very much. <laughs>